My name is Harrison Wheeler, and this is Technically Speaking. This show is recorded live in San Francisco and produced in collaboration with Dave Clark at Studio Pod Media. Our show coordinator is Deanna Marinci, with additional editing and music presented by Notalab. This episode of Technically Speaking is sponsored by Automatic, the people behind WordPress.com, Jetpack, WooCommerce, Tumblr, and more. Automatic's 1,400 people hail from 79 countries and speak 99 languages. Their open source software products democratize publishing and commerce so that anyone with a story can tell it and anyone with a product can sell it, regardless of income, gender, politics, language, or country. More than 1 billion people use Automatic products every month. Automatic also contributes directly to WordPress, the open source project that powers over 40% of websites on the internet. If you're ambitious, energetic, and driven by a passion to help people, you can make a visible, profound, and lasting difference working at Automatic. Visit automatic.com to check out the latest job listings today. That's A-U-T-O-M-A-T-T-I-C.com. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Wednesday episode of the Technically Speaking San Francisco Design Week live stream. Today, I have the crew from the UX Corner. Super excited for y'all to be here. For folks that are tuning in for the first time, we've been running a live podcast from 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we've got a host of guests. We've had you know, take care on board. On Monday, yesterday, we had Maurice Cherry. Today, we've got the UX Corner crew. And then tomorrow, we have Julia Fernandez along with Jacob Hernandez from LinkedIn. And then on Friday, we'll kind of close things out with a creative sort of happy hour with Matt Barnes. How are y'all doing? Doing good. Yeah. Feeling great. Excited to be here. It awesome. is Wednesday. Yes. And it's sunny. Head lunch. Exactly. So happy as a <laughs> Good. So look, why don't why don't we kind of do a, a quick round robin? Why don't you all introduce yourself and where you're from? Because this group is not like centrally located in one location. Why don't we start with you, Ladrian? And you can hand it off to the next. Hey everyone, what's up San Francisco Design Week? My name is Aladrian Goods and I am a product and content designer at Intuit and also a UX tutor for Career Foundry's UX Design Certification Program. Now we are the UX Research Corner, but I'm not a researcher, but had the pleasure of hanging out with these women and learning from them for the last six months. Or so, so maybe I'm a little bit of a researcher now, and I'm claim from the, California. Claim the name. <laughs> claim the name. Claim the name. Okay, so maybe <laughs> part-time research, moonlighting as a researcher. No, I'm from LA, California, but currently living in Plano, Texas. And I will throw it over to Priyanka. Hi, everyone. I'm Priyanka. I am. Uh, what did you do? Very work. Sorry, I can do that. I am a UX researcher, so not as cool as Adrian, but I'm a lead UX researcher and strategist for a blue product at Thomson Reuters. Yeah, and I do a lot of mentorship and advocacy for women in computing, women in STEM, and increasing diversity and inclusion at the web finish, especially in technologically related companies. That was it, right? Quick short intro. Yeah. Yeah. Like a pro. Cool. All right. And you're up. Where are you from? Oh, where I'm from. I currently live in Minneapolis. So, yes, very different, but we are experiencing many degree weather, just like Texas right now. So, mm-hmm. like, good. Midwest represent. I'm from, I'm from Wisconsin. So, oh, yeah, familiar with the area. We can talk about cheese. Yeah. <laughs> and you're up. Hi, everyone. This is Ange, and I'm in New York City, which is also 90 degrees today and hot but going to have rainstorms in at 4 p.m. So not looking forward to that. So um, sounds like I've, Texas. Yep, exactly. <laughs> we're we're mirroring Texas weather. It's so strange. <laughs> but yeah, um I have worn many hats in my life. So I've been a researcher, analytics professional. I've also been a product innovation manager. So yeah, like really, really interested in product design, um, product research, design research, and 
that's how I got to know all the lovely ladies here. And I'm going to pass it on to Anna. Hey, thank you, Anne. My name is Anna. I am a UX researcher based in London, UK. So representing for everybody hey. in London. Hey. <laughs> I met all of these lovely women on the Clubhouse app. And yeah, we weekly do a meetup on the app and talk about everything related to UX research. You know, that's super cool. Also, similar to the rest of the women, I'm very much an advocate for women, specifically black women, to enter and thrive in the tech industry. So representing for the black women. Hey. <laughs> Love to see it. <laughs> I'm Nanurl. I am a UX researcher. I work at a company called Figma. And I haven't always been in the research space. So I come from a background of like biomedical engineering and biology and nonprofit leadership and management. So, and consulting. So it's like a lot going on there. I'm self-taught and yeah, I, like many of us have stated, very passionate about seeing black women thrive in the tech space and also where am I from? I'm from Virginia, but I'm living in LA right now. So Hey, West Coast. Awesome. West Coast, yeah. I, lo- I love that you all are tuning in from totally different geographic locations. And maybe not for the UK so much, but everyone is experiencing the same type of, of weather patterns. <laughs> so weird. It, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so just to kind of kick off like a first question, have y'all actually met in real life ever? I mean, in real COVID life? Yes. Like this. <laughs> Like yeah. multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is real life right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Not physically though. Life. That's so crazy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Anna, I think I think we're the only ones to actually meet in real life. Funny, fun yeah. fact. So we actually met back at Afrotech. What was that? Like two years what? ago. Well, actually, what? I did not that know that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's it's really hilarious. The one that is the furthest away. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, actually, you came to the Black by Design event that LinkedIn hosted. Yeah, yeah. I came here before as well. So I met, I can't remember who I met. I met someone from LinkedIn. Yeah. And then I came did you meet Renee, maybe? Renee, that's yes. it. Yo, yes. Renee. Shout out to Renee. Shout out to Renee. <laughs> yeah. Queen, what's up? Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so so let's get through some kind of rapid fire icebreaker questions before we get, you know, into the meat of the show. So Fig Jam or Miro? And I did this because of, you know. Because Nero works at Fig Jam. I feel like I have to recuse myself because I'm like very biased. <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, I haven't. I used Fig Jam once, yeah, and I love it. I've never used Miro, but I use Mural, not uh, to be confused yes. with Miro. <laughs> it's the same concept, right? It's basically the same product. Yeah, just different names. Yeah, I have not used Fig Jam, so I have to go with Miro. Sorry, no, no. <laughs> it just came out. It just came out. It's okay. Yeah, you know, <laughs> a couple months. <laughs> All right. Same boat as well. Same boat. Yeah. See, I, I'm I'm kind of digging the fig jam, but you know, Miro Miro's my go-to, partially because I can get folks that aren't design specific on it. When you get in the fig, if you're like, oh, this is designed too. I don't know about that one. But it's so funny because it's blank. It's a blank canvas, and you still feel overwhelmed. It is. <laughs> it can be intimidating. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Blank spaces are intimidating. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. This is like you're having a user interview. I know. I, I would love to move to the next question. She's like, I'm I'm doing my work right now. This is not the time for me to be doing research on the product that I work on. She said, I would love to move to the next question. <laughs> All right. So so now that things are slowly opening back up, what's first on your list to travel to? Priyanka, you didn't go last time, so you're on the hook first. That's really hard. Okay, so you have to ask me, like, am I answering within the country or outside? Uh, it, it's it's up to you. It's really hard. Well, I don't plan on traveling outside the United States first because of international sure. whatever. Um, but my first place to go would be Dubai. Oh, okay. Because that's where I'm from and that's where my whole family lives. So I haven't seen my family in over two years, so we are ready to go home. Yeah. So that would be my first place. Other than that, I'm strongly, strongly looking at flights in the next like three weeks. 
to head to California. So. Nice. Okay, pull up. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I haven't been back to California in like four years, so this will be a nice re-entry into LA. Wow. So yeah, that's me. <laughs> Aladrian. Um, I don't have a place in mind, but I'm definitely going to a concert. So yeah. I think me and the Neural Book concert tickets earlier yeah. this week. So we're going to Club Quarantine Live oh, on nice. August 29th. So I'm really looking forward to that. Is that in New York or where where is it at? It's going to be in LA at the Hollywood Bowl. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'll be fun. Yes, yeah, you should come. I mean, you're already <laughs> planning a trip to California, Priyanka. It feels like at least maybe half the group can finally meet up. I feel like I'm going to get crucified for saying this out loud just in case a lot of your viewers love this this performer. But I don't know who they are. Oh, D-Nice. Come on. We'll put you on. Don't worry. Yeah. 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 We'll put you on. We'll talk. Yeah. Ange, who do you got? Well, I was just in L.A. two weeks ago, but I am already looking into going back because I'm a huge Disney fan. And the mm. last time I was there, they were still close to non-residents. So. I need to get back there, get into Disneyland, and then the next trip will probably be home. Like, I was supposed to go home to Asia, like, the week before everything shut down. Mm-hmm. So now I'm trying to figure out the first flight out that I can go visit my family. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. And how about you? I want to go to Mexico. Mm. Kind of oh, China. Let's go. Is there anywhere in <laughs> particular? Tulum. Oh, Tulum. Okay. All right. I'll go meet you there, Anna. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like, let me know. We can do the UX Research Corner retreat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like we have now moved into like (laughs) Research Corner vacation planning. This is great. You know, what what do you got? Is it it the same as Aladrian? No. Well, I'm like here, so I don't have to Mm, travel. But New Orleans sounds really nice. Mm. I really Mm. miss the food. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. I also was asked to go to Arizona in like the next couple months. So you seem, okay. you seem unsure right. about Sedona? that. Are you going to Sedona? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> some un- some uncertainty so there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like the Figment Chill group, whatever. Oh, okay. They're like trying to put them together. Okay. Lake Powell, yeah. Lake Powell, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I have never God. been there, so don't know. We'll see. Arizona is stunning. All parts. Yeah. Yeah. So so one one last question. What is your go-to activity when you're trying to take your mind off of things? Ooh, I got one. So I've been I've been uh teaching myself how to play the violin. Mm. And mm. it's been like a few months now. I got like twinkle, twinkle, little star down packed. So it's time to like move on to like the other notes in yeah. more string or like more, I guess, hand movements. But yeah, I practice the violin when I'm trying to like get my mind off of stuff. I run. Mm. I do not run. <laughs> <laughs> I do the opposite. I probably eat. <laughs> that's, that's not yeah. bad. It is. I, good I answer. Eat. Good answer. I eat, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll change my answer because I was going to say I ate too. I paint, and then I also take pictures and videos of my dog and put it on social media. So okay. those are my two escapes. Does, yeah. the, does the dog have a larger following than you do on social media? Oh, for sure. He's much more popular than me, and he, he gets paid. So he gets paid to go out. So wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Obviously, the the pandemic put a stop to that, but he, yeah. <laughs> sure. So my brother's in town. My nephew actually brought him to the studio yesterday, and it was a treat for him, for sure. But after that, he was like, hey, Uncle Harry, I have way more followers than you do on YouTube. And I was like, oh, oh wow. okay, I get it. Cool. cool. He's, by the way, he's 11 <laughs> years old. That just like subtle, subtle flex. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, he flex. Right. He flex. How about you? I would say, honestly, my honest answer would be to sleep. Yeah. I do love to sleep. Um, yeah. But outside of sleeping, I'd probably say go into an exhibition, like an art exhibition. Yeah. 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 Okay, let me give a real answer. You've been suing on this, huh? Yeah. No, I've been, I've been eating, but I also, like, one of the things I picked up in the pandemic was DJing. So I invested in some DJ equipment. Amazing. And, you know, I need to practice a little bit more, 
But, you know, every now and again, I'll turn up the music, put on my headphones and try to make, make some jams, mix some jams. Yeah. So thank you so much for that. We're done with the icebreakers. These are very great. And we got to learn a little bit about you guys. So just kind of moving on to the UX Research Corner, maybe tell the listeners about the origin story. Because for one, how does a group of six people decide like, hey, let's do this? And was there any sort of like objective that y'all set out to do when you all started it? <laughs> I don't know why I think this is so funny. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I yeah, think the so. should start. <laughs> <laughs> I was like trying to think earlier, like, yo, how did like we how do we do this again? So in December, that's like when I actually got on Clubhouse for the first time. And I'd heard about it before, but I was like, oh, I don't want to do it. But I got sent an invite and I was like, all right, why not? I'm bored. <laughs> and so <laughs> <laughs> I got on, was on for like, I don't know, the customary 72 hours straight or something like that people were really into months ago. <laughs> I don't know if it's still a thing now. I'm like barely, <laughs> barely there. But yeah. And so there were a lot of like UX conversations that were going on. I was like, oh, this is super interesting. But everybody was talking about like UX design. Sure. And so I'd usually be like the researcher in the room, like contributing. It's just like, oh, you know, research, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, man, is there a club for this? Because that's when I feel like clubs were more exclusive, I guess, because you couldn't create it on your own. You had to go through this process. And so I was like, I searched and there wasn't, or I don't even know if you could search at that time, but I asked around and there was not knowledge (laughs) of a UX research club. And I was like, all right, but so I think I'm going to start this. And I feel like I met Aladrian first in like one of the UX rooms and was talking to her about like, I think I'm going to start this club. I don't really know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't really know what it's that supposed to That exact voice. Exact voice. <laughs> um, exact she was voice. like, yeah, do it. it. Like, ultimate hype woman. <laughs> and so, I do. Um, yeah. I was like, you can start it. If no one comes, I'll be there. <laughs> yes. And people showed up. I think Anne showed up. Anna showed up. I was there. Forgot I was the there in the first session. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it was like, I submitted the form for the club and then like, you had to like host rooms on a regular basis before you could get approved or something like that. And so like I did like the first room and Elaine was there and then Ange came through. I was like, hey, do you want to be a moderator? <laughs> like, just, like, just like while we're in the room, she's like, okay, sure. I was like, okay, cool. And then Anna, did you come like the same day or was it like, actually, I think it was a little later. It <laughs> yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, Morgan. It was like me, Elaine, Morgan, and Morgan yeah, and Morgan Ange and in that Ange, first yeah. room. And it was cool. And I was like, all right, I'm going to put this group text together. And then eventually Anna came through and, oh, no, you messaged Morgan. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, because I do remember Morgan was like, oh, I have this girl in the UK. She's a researcher. She's just really interested in getting involved. And we were like, oh, people from the UK want to get involved? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I was like, yay, representation. We global now. Let's go. Exactly. And so we brought Anna in, and then Priyanka just kept coming to the room. <laughs> <laughs> and adding value. was like a star guest speaker. She was always in the rooms, always on stage. And then we were like, yeah, why don't we bring her up? Like, she's adding so much fun to the conversation. Yeah. The moral yeah. of the story is you create. Actually, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> yeah. And we also have Gillian, who is not here, but she volunteered to take notes for the room. Yeah, shout and out to so, Gillian. Yeah. So, like, she takes notes when we have great our Great notes. Really great notes. So, it feels like it definitely probably organic. Y'all had the chemistry. And so, now y'all have worked your way up to over 30,000 people in the club. Like, how quick did that happen? That's a little wild, too quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was it a casual thing at first and now does it feel like a responsibility? What's the general vibe of it all? I would say since we have Nanurl, who's just a very great planner and a very great kind of organizer of information, I feel like we were very intentional when we got our core group together. So it made handling the scale a lot easier, but we were already kind of like doing it, right? But I think 
you know, once we hit 10,000, it was like, oh, well, this is, this is actually like a big deal. And then I didn't even know we had 30,000. So I'm also like, well, that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> that is kind of Wait, did you just deal. learn right now? I literally just learned right now. Oh, like, wow. I, <laughs> I was pretending that I knew, but I didn't know. Yes. I didn't. <laughs> so I will say when I joined, because I'm the last, the late the group, when I sussed them out, I was already joining UX groups that were just on the fly. And I was thinking about starting something. And I stumbled. I actually got bored of a room. And remember scrolling through my hallway and seeing the title. And I don't remember what the title was, sorry. But I remember popping into the room without knowing what club that was. And then I interacted with the interface and figured out the club. But we were like at, it was not 10,000. It was like even a five or six or something like that. And it jumped up to 10,000 really quick. Yeah. Like that that increased to that, to that 10K. Because I remember coming in the room and congratulating them and telling them, oh my gosh, you hit 10K. So if you were on Instagram, you'd have a swipe up. Right. <laughs> and I had already been coming to rooms for a while at that point. Yeah. So yeah, I think that shift happened real fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as you, you mentioned, Eladrian, like Nineral is very, very organized. So you all have a Notion page. Y'all have a Twitter. Do you have an Instagram? Is that a thing for this too or no? That's too much. Yeah, that's too much. But we do have a Google Drive. Like we have a shared drive. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) And then you're texting each other. So is that something that everyone is doing or is that specific to the work that you're doing? Do you think that's played a role in just the stickiness of the folks that come to the the room like every week? I think the way we organize our conversation or like the discussions that we have, because we do an outline for each room for the most part. And I think that plays a huge role in like people wanting to come back. Cause it's like, we're not BSing for the most part on the stage as far as like what we want the conversation to be or like what we're trying to like have people get out of the conversation. So we think about that beforehand and we don't like structure it too, too strictly just because we want the conversation to flow organically But at the same time, we know like the points that we want to hit if there is a lull or if, I don't know, if we like start to like get off topic or like go on a tangent or whatever, we can bring it back. But yeah, I think like that's the main part. I haven't checked on like the analytics for the Notion page in a while. So it's probably up there. But I would imagine like if people are going there, it's for the notes because we post the notes for each room there so they can like check out the previous rooms or if like they missed it one week, they could go and check it out. But yeah, that was like kind of part of like the whole, oh, we're growing really fast. Maybe we should do more things <laughs> other than just talk. We also did this survey to sort of like ask yeah. people what topics they wanted to talk about. Because like the first couple of topics were very easy. It was like things that were on our mind that we wanted to talk about. But after that, we were like, we tried to be intentional about what the listeners or other people want to come and join us for. Yeah, I had that experience. I felt like for a while on Clubhouse, specifically around UX, a lot of the subject matter just kept repeating. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So how do you all keep up with the fresh topics? <laughs> well, we have a long list. We do have a long list, though. We really do have a long list. Like Anne said, like we asked our community like what they want. And some people have responded. Some people are more passionate about topics than others. But we also like meet every week to reflect on like the week before and plan out what's for the next coming weeks. So if there's something that we're doing in our day-to-day job that we want to talk more about, like for example, I was doing a card sort for a project that I was on at work and they were interested in learning about card sorts. And I think me and Anna are the only ones who had like real experience like with doing card sorts. So we're like, all right, Method Madness topic about card sorts. And we just kind of keep it organic that way. But then sometimes we just have a long laundry list of like, okay, what have we talked about? What haven't we talked about? And what can we talk about next? Right. So speaking of, you know, the community, I have two questions oriented around that, but I'd love to maybe kind of understand. I mean, like 30,000 folks in the club is, is quite a bit. And I think if you've started in December, we're about what, seven months in, what has the impact of Clubhouse had on you all as individuals thus far? 
Oh my god, I got friends now. (laughs) (laughs) I think that is one thing. I didn't expect to like make friends with anyone on Clubhouse. Like I thought it was just kind of like a transactional thing. But yeah, our group text is popping. Like our Friday sessions are fun. You asked about like the stickiness. And I think it's addition to all the organization we put in, but the chemistry between all of us, like we all get to be ourselves. We bring different things to the table and we genuinely enjoy being with each other, whether it's like, I guess it's just remotely, but it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Anna? I would say it's so interesting because I feel like I stumbled across Clubhouse. It wasn't intentional. And when I came on, I found the UX research corner room and I was slightly addicted. So I was there every week until I was just like, <laughs> I'm going to reach out to Morgan. And like we, our chemistry, we spoke for ages and then she kind of introduced me to everybody else. And we, as, as Adrian said, we have like a weekly conversation. And obviously we have the agenda that Nanel like amazingly puts together. <laughs> and at the end, it's very chilled. We kind of catch joke. We're talking about stuff at work or just generally in life. So, like, yeah, there is a, a genuine chemistry. And I think we do it out of passion for kind of user research or content. So, yeah, we have, like, similar interests, which brings us together, which makes it work. I guess just in terms of, like, what impact has it made? I remember actually, like, telling all my colleagues at work, you need to come on the app. They're like, okay, yeah, when? What time, Anna? I'm like, one o'clock in the morning. Really? Just join the app. And some of my colleagues did. And like, we spoke about it at work. And I just thought to myself, I'm so nerdy. I am so nerdy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. I've thoroughly enjoyed the UK perspective on design. I mean, it's the same thing outside of other folks from other countries and perspectives. But I think like that's something that I feel wasn't accessible before. It's really just interesting how just, and, and this has kind of come up in, in some of the other sessions I've had is obviously we're speaking on video, but there's been something to sort of like the auditory experience where we've connected like a lot. Like Aladrian, I mean, me and you definitely chop it up back and forth. This might be the first time we've actually like seen each other. Seen each other. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like mind blowing, but at the same time, it's like we're family. Yeah, for sure. The future of work is here at Automatic. The people behind WordPress.com, Jetpack, WooCommerce, Tumblr, and more. Join a team of diverse global perspectives. Create the work environment and schedule that empowers you to perform at your very best. At Automatic, what matters is the work you produce, not how many hours you put in. Work from anywhere you choose. There are automatications working right now in 79 countries around the globe. The intellectual and cultural diversity that results is critical to the company's success. Automatic believes in constant learning and offers mentorship and personal coaching to support your growth. As a small company with a huge footprint, Automatic offers you the chance to have an impact and make a difference. If you're ambitious, energetic, and driven by a passion to help people, you can make a visible, profound, and lasting difference working at Automatic. Visit automatic.com to check the latest job listings. That's A-U-T-O-M-A-T-T-I-C.com. I'm wondering specifically in the realm of research, I feel like I've rarely seen women of color really have these types of conversations. And so what is the meaningfulness of that to you? And have you sort of seen that as a reaction from the community and in terms of how you've been magnets in terms of bringing folks in? Yeah, we have a feedback form on the Notion page. So like in addition to like suggesting topics, people can just like leave us feedback and they're have been comments as far as like, oh, you know, I love seeing this representation, women, women of color, kind of leading these discussions. And so like, that's been cool to see. And also like some folks will like join the stage and like say that in the room too, just like live, (laughs) which is like always really nice. But I feel like I didn't do that on purpose, even though I would like to say that I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 
I don't know. I think it's really, it's really cool. And it's been serendipitous in a way of just like how it all happened and like how we've all been able to just get along and like mesh really well. Yeah, I think for me, it was like what Nanarl said, it wasn't really something that we approached intentionally. But personally, I work in a lot of teams where there wasn't as much representation as I would have liked to see. And I just was like very pleasantly surprised that in Clubhouse, even in the rooms that we host, you have a lot of people and a lot of people who go on stage with very, very different backgrounds. And the representation has been really outstanding. Even here, the faces that you see on screen right now, that was just a pleasant surprise to me. And like, it sort of like checked some of my assumptions before that, yeah, these are all the female researchers that I'm looking for. These are all the women of color researchers that I've been looking for. And it's just a happy coincidence that I've found them. So I'm very happy about that. Yeah. It's funny because it took a while for the men to like come up on the <laughs> start <street>. talking. Yes. <laughs> it's the oddest thing. Yeah. It was very strange. Wait, like how long? Are we talking months? Like weeks. Oh. I know. I think months. Oh, wow. <laughs> Probably two weeks. So, I mean, yeah, months. But like it was, it was a while. It was the oddest thing. Yeah, yeah. Priyanka, I'm curious, like, what your thoughts are. Observationally, it was interesting too to observe. I think, and at first, I just came in because of the title of the room, and you just see names, right? It's very nondescript. You have no idea gender, race. Like, you just like walk into a blank space, and it was very surprising and I really enjoyed that the stage was so diverse with the moderator symbol next to it too. If folks that are familiar with Clubhouse, you can get all kinds of rooms, right? And sometimes a diverse stage doesn't always mean that content is thorough. You can have a really diverse stage and it can be a room you really should be. And so because of that, it was really surprising and quite wonderful to see the diversity of people behind it, but also diversity in content and the thoroughness of content. So that was my first reaction. But Yeah, I would say I did notice like the men were a little bit more reluctant. But what it also did, which was really nice to see, because I do a lot of advocacy for women and like younger women in college and high school, there were a lot more women who may not have had as much experience as the people who were moderating, because at that point, I wasn't a moderator, who felt very inclined, like the stage would be stacked with all these people who would say, oh, I only have a year of experience. I'm not really sure. So it created this interesting, safe environment for people to come up and say, I don't know a bunch of stuff. But I want to ask a question anyway, and I feel like you will tell me in a very polite and very non-condescending way. It was the mm-hmm. I got. But then I also then, as as we move farther down the line of me visiting the room, I did see, like, I have people that follow me that would come on stage. And then especially if they identified as male, they would automatically answer the question and then they would leave the stage. And I have had people tell me in different rooms that I've run for UX where they're like, oh, well, I love that stage. It's all women. It's so cool. But I feel really guilty. I don't want to be the guy on stage. So I'm just going to leave. And I was like, no way. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, no, like, yeah. it's fine. I'll just come up if I have something else to say. Yeah. So there's an interesting concept about being on stage. And I think most of the conversation and discussion is around like design, research is pretty well primed and prepped. Having these types of discussions, did it lower the barrier for you in terms of having these types of discussions? Because I think everyone has kind of had very meandering ways of getting into the user research field. There's not necessarily sort of a prescribed way to do things. And so do you think you're having conversations now that you may not have had in the past? I feel like with the conversations, what it did for me personally, it reminded me that you're not always vocal about the process that you go through in terms of like using the methods. You're constantly always doing or practicing user research, but you don't have like those thought-provoking conversations and just kind of rethinking through, okay, I do this, and then having someone else's opinion and saying, oh, I do it this way, and just having leaving room for thought and kind of like, not even so much debate, but more so thought-provoking conversations where you can be quite critical in a good way, in a way that kind of challenges you. So when you're going back to your workplace, it's just like, oh, there. And then you can say, you did it this way. Let me give that a try. So yeah, that's what it did for me personally. Yeah, definitely. And then for me, for someone who, you know, when I got my first design job, I was not good at research. Research was like the worst part of my (laughs) skill (laughs) set, you know? So to be able to at least contribute to this conversation I think it not only has helped me build my confidence that, oh, actually, I know more than I think I know, 
but it's also me being the non-research person on stage opens it up to other designers or other folks who may be wanting to transition into research. So it doesn't seem like such a barrier, like, oh, we have all these researchers from all these top companies. They've been having years and years of experience. It kind of reduces that. Like, oh, wait, Aladrian's up there. She doesn't have research in her title, but she has a lot of thoughts. I can raise my hand and contribute as well. The way that we have made it a point to moderate the rooms plays into that too, I think, because there's different mental models or like ways that people think about moderation, like on Clubhouse. And a lot of the time, I think it's more like the people who are moderators are like the main speakers or like the folks who know it all, the quote unquote experts. And you make it a point to state explicitly that it's more of a discussion and we're wanting to learn from each other, meaning like folks in the room and not just like from people who have a moderator badge next to their name. And we try to make it clear that like the moderators are literally just here to manage the stage and maybe fill up space if there needs to be space filled. But the main goal is to like learn from the folks who are who are in the room. Actually, that was what I was going to say, that you were very intentional in that portion where we were not on stage. Like, we're not mavens. We're not here to make anybody rich. We're here to sort of, like, facilitate the conversation. And we're very open about, like, we know some things, but it doesn't mean what we know is the right thing to do or the right way. So we're here Mm -hmm. to share our experiences and also listen to other people's experiences. And I personally, that's the reason why I stopped with the club and like, you know, I spend less hours in Clubhouse now, but I still spend a lot of time with UX Research Corner because I really like the back and forth of like, I'm able to share my experiences and I'm also able to learn from my co-moderators and from everyone who comes up on stage. I really feel it's a safe space. Like our sessions are generally fun and chill. We don't have people shouting at each other. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It's almost sort of demystifying the field and also, too, it's a, in a way a tool, right? Because you might go through with your, your process or something at work and you have a place to discuss it. And nine times out of 10, this is my assumption, you all correct me, a lot of you all have probably, or at least someone in the audience has gone through the same thing and they can provide some advice. Is that sort of like the relationship that y'all have had with each other too? For sure, yeah. Yeah. So demystifying the field a bit. I think the other thing that's interesting is it ties, I, I would say like when I first joined Clubhouse, as I interacted with the with the app, I and interacted with the content creators, a lot of whom are not active anymore, you know, the app flow as it was it was much smaller too. I think it's it creates this interesting environment because the best way I could describe it to someone was it's a conference with a bunch of breakout rooms. And the things that go along with conferences, right? Like why we sign up for conferences is because you get to speak to people who are experts or advanced in their field that comes with a certain level of authority of content creation as well as like owning your space. But then it's also a safe environment to ask questions, to learn, to actively learn and actively listen. And I think UX Research Corner space, even before I was a mod, allowed for that, which is actually what allowed me and, and encouraged me to stay and participate, leading to like how I ended up as a box on your screen, right? <laughs> 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 about the Research Corner rumor club as a conference with breakouts it really just automatically lends itself to that like facilitation in an equal space a safe space a set of rules that we all abide by while we still share information and then at a conference too right you've got speakers but someone listening probably is way more well-versed in specific method than you are yeah so on that note are you all planning to do anything bigger than that or just maintaining the current format as is y'all like got this little <laughs> thing going on <laughs> we, we, we will not be making any announcements on this podcast today. <laughs> but y'all y'all cooking up something because y'all were like yeah you can't for folks listening you can't see it but there were definitely at least on three screens that i saw hands just rubbing back and forth <laughs> hey, we don't get this visual connection on Clubhouse. So, you know, right. <laughs> you all are very animated in your body language. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll, see. well played, well played. Yeah, yeah. I try I try to get it out. You know, look, I as I said before, with every episode, there's something that that happens. So 
I was hoping that that could be it. Now, okay. Keep hoping. Keep hope alive. (laughs) All good. Are there any sort of like reoccurring themes that you want to maybe kind of give to the listeners, regardless of where they're at in their career, that you've really kind of pulled out from the sessions that y'all have had? The first thing that comes to mind is like the reoccurring themes that we host, right? Like, so I talked a little bit about our Method Madness series where we really take a specific research method and really just dive deep on like defining that method, defining the use cases for that method, the pros and cons of using that method, and then just open it up to conversation of people who've used it, why they use it, why haven't they used it, what success looks like, what failure looks like, and how they learn from it. So that's like one thing that we do. And then we have our sort of like open Q&A sessions. Doesn't matter what topic we're talking about. People still raise their hand and say like, hey, I'm trying to get into the research game. Can you guys help us? What would you recommend? And Neuro's masterful at saying, oh my God, thank you so much. Anyone who's open to DMs, please flash your mics. And that's an indicator for that person to reach out and connect with other folks. So we do that. Other themes that come up, I don't know. I'm just thinking like we just have folks who come in from every different level of the game. And it's been really awesome to hear what people breaking into the industry, what their experience is like, mid-level careers who've been doing it for a while. And then you got executives come in and just provide this like wealth of knowledge, expertise, and perspective. And I think that's just what's really what's really stuck out to me for how our rooms kind of ebb and flow. And I would say it's an interesting hodgepodge of folks, which helps a lot because our industry is pretty fluid, if I can use that term, right? And really all of it depends on like leadership and resources is how you end up having UX researchers. So sometimes a UX researcher in your company, typically a startup, something like that is defined as a jack of all trades. You're doing like 50 people's job. Sometimes you work for like a global corporation. So this is all you do. And so aside from just different levels of experience, it's really been interesting to see how everyone maybe has the same level of experience, but now has shifted industries to provide that kind of feedback across industry, what that looks like. And maybe also like I'm all about expectations, but like also understanding our expectations, how can you, we are always growing in our space, right? Because no two people are like. So I think there's also been that interesting perspective that I find very valuable too, which has been great. Yeah. Priyanka, just to clarify, you mean fluid in terms of how folks are moving into different industries and sort of how there's more hiring? Like, what do you mean by that? I say fluid, like a UX researcher, I think as a term or title job can be very fluid. So we'll get UX researchers that come in and say, I do UX research. And they're actually doing quite a number of different roles and responsibilities that all fall under the UX field, but they're not like if you were to take that UX researcher title, their job description and their responsibilities in a more larger, more specialized firm would be a lot more narrower. However, startup, a lot of us know, right? You're, you're doing everything because that's that's all they got. And you are doing UX research. So you are the UX researcher, but you might also be the developer. You might also be the UX designer. You might also be the information architect. Resources. So that's what I mean by fluid. And it's been interesting to hear like, oh, given... What are your resources? What are the expectations at your specific company? And how much can I provide my company? And, and what do you guys think is a good way to go about it? And, and folks in the room just kind of share with each other, whether they're in like product management level or C-suite or even owners of startups or even folks that work in corporate America now. Yeah. So I've got one more question for the group. And that is, what are you all excited about in particular in the work that you do? So we'll start out with Anna. Let's go. What am I most excited about? Oh, I feel like no two days are the same. And that's what I really, really enjoy about UX research. I feel like it's, for me, it was such a hidden industry. And to be able to kind of stumble into it and express myself and really kind of be passionate about people in an unconventional way, I would say, in design, is something that I really don't take for granted and I'm passionate about. But I really feel like it's so interesting that we all kind of surface such different topics and themes in our rooms from an international point of view. I remember mm-hmm. there was a particular point where we kept on talking about like inclusive design, inclusive research, and we were all encountering like similar issues and problems. So just to be able to kind of have discourse on that was something that I really, really appreciated at that time and just generally appreciate in the room. And 
for me, one of the themes that's recurring is that research is not done in a vacuum and it's not only the responsibility of the researcher. So it often comes up in, in our conversations that research to be effective, it has to be used and it has to be done for a bigger purpose. And part of the most effective way to do that is make sure that you're bringing the rest of the team along the journey with you. So that's something that regardless of what role we have, what industry or product we work on, that's like a recurring theme that has worked for a lot of people. And personally, that has always been my mantra. So that's something for me. And then what's exciting? I think what's exciting, to be honest, is like this post-COVID world, what are the implications on how we approach products, experiences, services, and how does that does it have a lasting impact or does it have a lasting shift in how we understand users and how we design products and services? So that's something that I'm very keen to answer or be part of the journey, but also learn from other people on how they're approaching that question. I think what I'm most excited about is also going to tie into the previous question as well. <laughs> but just like continuing to connect and make connections with other people I think how that relates to the previous question is like the, there's been this theme of like UX research being just very people and human focused. And we've had like therapists and people who study communication, like, or like that's their main focus come in and like really give some interesting perspective as well. And I think a lot of the time as UX researchers, especially during the pandemic, folks have been lonely. And so like we have been this way for people to connect with other people remotely for right now. And it's just been really interesting to experience, but then also to like sit and think on as well. And like, what does that actually mean? Like what's important? I guess I would take into consideration when I am like connecting with these people, especially like if it's over something vulnerable in terms of like the topic or like just being in a vulnerable time and space. And so I'm looking forward to continuing to do that. I think that's like one of my major goals this year is to establish more connections with like other human beings. And I think that the pandemic probably has played a role in that. Legion. That's awesome. I don't know how I follow up what <laughs> that she just said. <laughs> but I think for me, I think the thing I'm most looking forward to is uh, the UX Research Corner vacation. So it sounds like we're planning to go to Tulum, which is fantastic. <laughs> nice. We make the decision on the show, right? Like, yeah, on the show. Yes. On the show. You heard it here first. Yes. No, but seriously, like, I don't know how to follow up what Mineral just said. Like, I think I am a combination of all three of those things. And I think what I'm excited about, like, I get to do more research in my role as a content designer. And I like being right, but I love that doing research holds the possibility that I'm most likely wrong. And then it gives me the opportunity to learn why I'm wrong, right? And then make sure that we're designing the right thing. So you get to be right in the end, but you get to talk to people to really validate or invalidate that. So excited to do more research. You write the wrong of your rights. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Mm. But by the way, that yo, you followed up pretty damn well there. Thank you. you that did. was good. That was quotable for sure. Thank you. And last but not least, Priyanka. My biggest thing, just really briefly, I think is I agree with people and yes, we did see that a lot with the pandemic. I can speak as well. Like frequently I would come on for a session and I am the first person some some of the folks that have talked to in like a few months. And so really just redirecting the conversation it was an interesting time. But the thing I'm the most excited about, I think, is like discovering the why. So I, I think some of it is my role right now. I do a lot of strategy and then also some discovery research. And I love that. And I'm looking forward to doing a lot more too in this space and really just trying to figure out like it, it ties into like turning the wrong right, right? So if you can figure out the why, and I like, like I tell folks all the time, I am okay with someone not liking something because if you're able to tell me you don't like it, then I can ask you why. And then we can solve the problem for the user. I think. So that's like pivotal. So I'm really excited about kind of digging a little deeper as we go forward into the year and trying to figure out like more users why. And then as we generate products or things like that, 
making sure that it is user focused and really rebuilding things for them versus things are being that. Yo, I am so thankful for every single one of your answers. They were so rich and very informative. And also, too, it is not easy to have five guests on a stream and y'all handled it like a pro. Not that y'all. You know, <laughs> Shout out to you. Thing. Are you kidding? Yeah. You moderated this like a pro. Ah, ah. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. I'll take the compliment. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so, so look, we're wrapping up on the show. How can folks learn more about UX Research Corner. And then also feel free to plug how folks can follow, get in contact with you as well. Yeah. So for the UX Research Corner, our Notion page is on the internet. And so you can go to it at uxrcorner.club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there you'll be able to see like what we're all about. There's also like it links to our respective either web pages or LinkedIn. So you can like learn a little bit more about us and then you can learn about the club on the actual Notion page itself. And then of course there's like the feedback form to submit topics and whatever, and also a, co- a calendar to let folks know what some of our future topics are going to be. Um, yes. We have a Twitter and that's at UXR Corner. And we typically just make our announcements on there. Absolutely. So you got to follow us to announce what's coming next. And if anyone from Notion is out there and looking to sponsor the UX yeah. Research Corner, we literally say Notion to 30,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Hey. <laughs> More than once. Every More than once. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. At least six times a week. So let us know. We are open and available. <laughs> you're looking for a plug and they reach out to us you definitely heard it here first yeah we heard it here first yeah no, no doubt see we got a lot of firsts in this and can folks find your social media information on the notion page no oh well not like our instagram <laughs> like i mean like find LinkedIn. linkedin i feel like linkedin is a very safe place to go okay yeah. okay yeah. yeah and if you follow us on twitter you can most likely find us from the uxr club or uxr mm-hmm. corner amazing yeah twitter would probably be a faster way to talk about it or if you're on clubhouse we're all represented by our actual name yeah yep. amazing well hey again thank you for coming on the show it was so fun and it's been a while since I've been on Clubhouse so I'll need to make another visit soon have a great day and can't wait to see pictures from your your trip to Tulum (laughs) (laughs) definitely definitely